1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It is Monday. It is February 12th. Bob Camp, Kayla Morsolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Waste Management Phoenix Open finished on time. Of course, Super Bowl 58 with the Chiefs in overtime. First time with these new overtime rules as well. We'll dive into the Phoenix Suns with that Saturday night contest uh, on ABC in Golden State. We'll, of course, talk about ASU and U of A hoops. Plenty to dive into. Plenty of opportunity for you to voice your opinion with us. 602-260-1060 is the number, and we'll take your calls around 1130 and 1215. Once again, 602-260-1060. Let's, though, set the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll get things started with the KDOS 1060 com poll question should the chiefs be considered a dynasty after three championships in five seasons and i'm putting you on the spot here for a second bob uh do you have the definition of dynasty handy for us i got it right here Excellent. i actually i actually did this friday in case they won so uh, I, I was ready definition number two from webster's of dynasty is a powerful group or family that maintains its position for a considerable time. So it's all it's up for you to decide, folks out there, what's a considerable time? <laughs> the mass is currently on the yes side of things at 63% of the vote, no trailing at 37%. We'll dive into that with our official answer today around 1230. Tossing this on over to X at KDUS AM 1060. In that overtime, the San Francisco 49ers won the coin toss and elected to receive. The question here at KDUS AM 1060, should Kyle Shanahan have deferred after winning the overtime coin toss? No, leads the way at 57.1%. Yes, is trailing at 42.9%. Yeah, the fact that I used the word deferred here, I did that because... You know, the television networks, and I didn't realize how unanimous this was going to be, uh, but CBS, starting with Tony Romo during the broadcast at the time, and also ESPN, NFL, and I heard Fox this morning, some of their talking heads, it seems to be almost unanimous, it's close to unanimous, that uh, he made the wrong choice. So that's kind of the way I, that's kind of the way I, that's why I phrased it that way. So there we go, uh, and uh, we'll get into this, and uh, I have a definite opinion about this when we get to the, uh, the, the 12 o'clock hour day. Fantastic. Looking forward to that, 1230, and still plenty of time for you to cast your vote uh, over on X at KDUS AM 1060. Before we get into Super Bowl 58, I do want to take a moment here. Uh, we have to, to thank 
and congratulate all of our Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits Friday spread winners because when you are the winner of the $100 gift certificate, you're supposed to come with your weekend play. We're putting money on it, and it's going to charity. Uh, two weeks ago, the play was Chiefs plus, plus two and a half. That cashed. Last Friday, it was Chiefs money line. That cashed. In total, our record this year was an impressive 16-6. and six. So uh, certainly it's been a really fun ride this Friday spread season, and uh, I'll officially get everything tallied up this week, make a donation to charity, and let you all know where it goes. But a uh, big round of applause for an incredible Friday spread season. Also, uh, you hit the Phoenix Open. You it won did. your prop bet. I did. That yes. 200 to 1 was, uh, well, we'll get into it when we talk about the uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open a little bit later on, but it was a wild ride on Sunday, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, once again, I'm going to hurt myself, patting myself a little bit on the back here. Almost had the exact score of the Super Bowl, uh, but also, you know, I'm, this, is, I'm, this is never going to happen again. Uh, you know, I don't have records of all my football seasons of the past, which go back to the late seventies and with a little more seriousness when I, you know, once we got to the eighties, that's the 1980s, just to clarify. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is, uh, like the best NFL season I've ever had. And, uh, so it was fun and I'm also kind of relieved it's over, but it was fun. Very good. Plenty of things for us to continue to dissect here, but let's get started with Super Bowl 58, the new overtime rules in effect, and the Chiefs win 25-22 over the 49ers. Um, you know, certainly this entire season for the Chiefs, ended up being a road that featured a, a lot of things that we haven't seen previously in Patrick Mahomes' career, overcoming wide receiver drops, overcoming questions about who's accountable in the wide receiver group, overcoming uh, an offensive line uh, that was enduring tons of penalties, Patrick Mahomes maybe visibly showing frustration at times, the uh, fact that they had to go on the road to win these playoff games, the fact that they were underdogs in these playoff games so it was a whole different way for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs this year to come out on top uh, but let's start with the first quarter here and I thought that this this kind of um, potentially changed changed a lot of things that happened here the 49ers getting the ball and it really seemed like they were able to do anything they wanted to do uh, including what I thought was Kyle Shanahan maybe busting out a little bit of his mold in the past with a Kyle Juszczyk getting the first catch, kind of catching you off guard in certain circumstances, finding those rushing lanes with Christian McCaffrey, moving the ball, but then it was the McCaffrey fumble at the Kansas City 29, which obviously took points off of the board, and I think at that point after that, the Chiefs' defense really recovered from that uh, opening drive. Yeah, I would say not until really after the third drive because, you know, they the San Francisco had the ball three times in, in Kansas City territory in their first three possession, and they scored three points. Uh, so to me, uh, you know, almost going back at the end of the game, I think you can take the start of the game, and, you know, they should have had more than three at that point and should have had more than ten at halftime. 
Absolutely. They completely outplayed uh, the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs were unable to really move the ball offensively for them in the first quarter. Three plays, six yards. Four plays, 10 yards. Five plays, uh, 66 yards to start the second quarter with uh, a fumble of their own after that deep shot to McCole Hardman. Uh, But then, you know, again, continuing with uh, San Francisco and some of the little wrinkles there that Juwan Jennings throwing a 21-yard touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it, it really seemed like there was a different Kyle Shanahan with like a little bit more aggressiveness. But to your point, only having a seven-point lead at halftime seemed to be uh, a little, I don't want to say wasted opportunity, but they were unable to to really grow that lead to be something insurmountable. I think wasted is the perfect word. I think it was totally wasted opportunities uh, to have more points. Also, I think that Shanahan's aggressiveness and his nature to be aggressive in this game hurt him in the fourth quarter, excuse me, the third quarter. And definitely, uh, you know, if you don't think he made the right decision to start the overtime, that might have hurt him then too, even though he did have an explanation after the game as to why they took the ball. Uh, and uh, we'll get to that a little later on in the show too. Then you have uh, halftime where the Chiefs find themselves only down seven points, and you thought, okay, this is where Kansas City starts to make its mark, but then uh, Patrick Mahomes there with a really bad sequence to get things started with a fumble. They were able to recover it, but then two plays later, he throws an interception, so uh, it wasn't a great momentum starter there for the Chiefs. However, the 49ers weren't able to capitalize on anything because between the two of them, there were four three-and-outs. True. And let's go back to Mahomes for a second here. Everything you said about the regular season with the offensive line, the penalties, drop passes, and so forth. But a lot of the reason that the Chiefs looked like that they were done uh, on Christmas, was that Christmas Day they lost to the Raiders? Yes. Whenever they lost to the Raiders. Okay, Christmas Day when they lost to the Raiders. He sucked in that game. And he made a, he made a lot of non-Mahomes type of throws during the regular season to help put them in the hole that they were in. But you know, obviously when you got to the, as soon as they got to the Buffalo game, especially because really that Kansas City, the Kansas City, the game in Kansas City when it was like below zero and whatever, the, you know, the Dolphins, you know, the fish out of water thing, etc. you know, the frozen fish, that doesn't work. That's, you know, whatever joke you want to make. That game to me doesn't really count as far as the playoffs go too much. Uh, but, you know, once they got to Buffalo, once they got to Baltimore, and obviously after that interception to start the second half last night, that became the Mahomes that we've uh, seen throughout the majority of his career. Uh, yeah, that is definitely true. Um, these playoffs, he went up a notch. That clutch factor seemed to really, really be on display. Yes, and uh, of course, uh, I keep hearing the metrics people tell me that clutch doesn't exist. Even though the NBA says that, some of them, and they have a clutch stat, which we'll get to when we get back to the Suns at some point here. Uh, but, you know, he's had three playoff wins now when uh, the team has been down 10-plus 10 plus, uh, 10 points. Uh, last night he had 330 yards passing. He led them with 66 yards rushing. There, Just go back to that, to down 10-plus points. There have been seven double-digit comebacks in Super Bowl history. Three of those have been by Mahomes. Brady had two. Uh, and Mahomes is also now 15-3 and three in playoff games. 
Um, you know, I've got a question here for you. When we were discussing on Friday aggressiveness and, and kind of the style of the coaches and going for things on fourth down and who might be settling for field goals, not also just kind of understanding the flow of the game as well, uh, were you at all surprised that Andy Reid attempted the 57-yard field goal? It was fourth and six at the San Francisco 39. It did result in a Harrison Butker 57-yard field goal breaking the postseason record after Jake Moody had just sent set it in the first half at 55. I actually wasn't surprised at that point if it had been it was a fourth and six right fourth yes. and six uh, that was a little far so I wasn't that surprised and plus it wasn't obviously an insurmountable lead as a somebody might say at that point so I, I actually was not surprised that uh, and yeah, Bucker as you pointed out last Friday uh, is uh, you know obviously uh, nails in the uh, in the uh, uh, as far as field goals when he's healthy, <laughs> uh, he's been nails for pretty much the last three or four seasons, and unfortunately he wasn't healthy part of the last season, but he was certainly by the end of the season. Yeah, I thought, you know, special teams was going to go in the edge in the direction of the Chiefs. And, you know, obviously Jake Moody there, uh, you know, hitting a 55-yarder, he was good. He did have the extra point blocked. I I'm curious when we get to that as well, you know, was that on him or was that just an incredible rush that the Chiefs were able to have on that play? That was totally on him. That was an extremely low kick. Uh, Jay Feely said it at the time, and I, you know, I've watched all the post-game stuff last night on NFL Network and ESPN, and then uh, I've been you know, the Fox this morning. The least of what I watched on FS1 this morning, uh, I'm sure they covered the uh, blocked uh, blocked uh, extra point, but I didn't see what they had to say. But it was it seemed like it was without a doubt a low extra point and. That's one thing I definitely mentioned on Friday, and you know I, I know some people over the years, you know, actually going back to my Vegas days in my 35 years of doing talk show, you know, being a sports talk show host, I talk about special teams a lot, and some people think I'm just wasting everybody's time by doing that, and I mentioned it more than once on Friday that I, if I were a 49ers fan, I'd be holding my breath when any special teams play occurred. And between obviously the blocked extra point, and then the uh, you know the must punt or however you were supposed to be able to phrase that, that resulted in the fumble recovery for the Chiefs, that th those two plays made a monstrous difference in this game. Absolutely. So the missed extra point changed how how the numerical number was going to need to occur the rest of the game uh in right. so that was a huge factor and then two uh, i thought it was the turning point of the game with the the muffed punt there recovering and one play later mahomes to marquez valdez scantling for a touchdown and casey goes up uh, i know the san francisco ended up having a, a lead later on but that just seemed to be like a very critical point when it still was a little sluggish for the chiefs to get going the ground game I, mean, I think credit to the 49ers they're really bottling up the Kansas City run game yeah I actually say yeah I think both ground games didn't do as well as I assume the teams the Chiefs and the 49ers thought they would um, you know the defensive uh, defenses on both sides I think did a really good job against the run for the most part well, let's take a break there, and when we come back, we'll talk about when things really started to pick up 
in the game and the flow of things and how uh, everything all unfolded to get us to the point of Patrick Mahomes being a Super Bowl MVP. Travis Kelsey, uh, at least on the podium, saying he's looking forward to a three-peat. So we'll get into the rest of the game on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app on this Monday, February 12th, Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. Caddy Ray Adams takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. KDOS AM 1060. It is Monday. It is February 12th. Recapping Super Bowl 58. Talking about uh, how things ended up in the third to start the fourth quarter here. If you could chime in in the next segment, we'll take some calls around 1130 and 1215 today. 602-260-1060 is the number. But let's continue on with Super Bowl 58 discussion here. Uh, So things to start uh, the end of the third and into the fourth quarter is when things really started to pick up here. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of of last year's Super Bowl where things um, were kind of on this defensive side, the Chiefs were down, and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened. The difference, though, is that things resulted in three instead of seven like they did in last year's Super Bowl. But uh, you had the 49ers answering with a drive after Kansas City took the lead. It also included a fourth and three on the Kansas City 15 that Kyle went, Kyle Shanahan went for it and paid off. Uh, now, did that surprise you, Kyle Shanahan, not taking three, but instead uh, going for it there in that particular situation? I, I didn't because, you know, the one thing I think Shanahan was pretty consistent, uh, he was aggressive for this whole game. And, uh, you know, they unfortunately, I go back to the first half, it should have resulted for more points in the first half. But uh, so I wasn't surprised because that seemed to be his approach from, you know, step one or, you know, really the first first possession of the game for the 49ers, in fact. Uh, So that's also where the extra point blocked took place in that portion of the contest here. Um, Then you had, I think for me, watching the Chiefs is that um, there was an opportunity there for the 49ers, third and five at the Kansas City 35, the two-minute warning there. You could have iced the game or given very, very, very little time left to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs with a 19-16 to lead, but Kansas City's defense there brought the pressure and the pass fell incomplete, giving Patrick Mahomes the time that he did have to score. And I think for me, watching Kansas City's defense after uh, a good chunk of that first quarter they seem to really mix in pressures at the right time and disrupted uh what the 49ers wanted to do on key third downs agreed and uh, they really you know the first half of that you know we talked about this last friday 
uh, you know, what were they going to do? How are they going to approach this man or zone? And they played a lot of zone in the first half of that game. They didn't play hardly any zone in the second half of that game. They went much more on the man side of things. They obviously, you know, had pressure on on uh, on Purdy and a couple of the key incompletions, which led to field goals in the second half of that game. And you know, just for the season, you know, I actually I think the Chiefs won the championship this season uh, because their defense was their best unit. They allowed only 15.7 points per game. In the postseason against Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, and San Francisco, they never allowed more than 27 points per game in any game this season. Uh, they, I didn't done the updated math because the overtime kind of excuse this a little bit. But heading into last, uh, last night's game, they had allowed seven points per game for the season in the second half of games. Uh, and uh, I think that Steve Spagnolo who has now won four Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator. Uh, I was not joking when we talked with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News in the last hour. Uh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, they should start, a, to my knowledge, I don't think there are any just sole coordinators. I know he was a head coach for the Rams for a while. That didn't obviously work out. But as far as a coordinator, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't disagree with you there. I mean, what he did in New York with the Giants, what he's doing here with the Chiefs, uh, it's impressive stuff. These are not um, offenses that can't move the football, that they're finding ways to slow down and doing it, as we talked about, uh, the guys on that team know where to be. Uh, He's making the proper adjustments, the right calls, and it's the right call against what the offensive team wants to do to be their best play and he's adjusted with his personnel if you remember back when he won with the giants he had the nascar package with the four defensive linemen just you know basically almost no blitzing and once he's gotten you know he, he started to blitz more when he's with the rams but that obviously didn't work out but as far as the team goes their defense wasn't bad actually but the team wasn't very good and he got fired uh, but then he ended up in kansas city and they, they completely changed things. Um, and that's even changed in the three years he's won championships in Kansas City. You know, it was almost all down defensive linemen rushing the quarterback and maybe a linebacker here and there. Uh, but the last couple of years after they did a tremendous job in the draft, you know, basically getting defensive backs and linebackers and so forth, you don't know where they're coming from. And that was obviously a, an issue last night. But the fact that he is really changed his style of uh, success uh, over the you know, last 15 years or however many years, 16, I guess it is, since they won the, he won the first Super Bowl. So it, the, the fact that you know, he's been w- willing to adapt to what he had as far as personnel and been just as successful is, is highly impressive. Back to the chronology of the game here. So now there's 153 to go. When you saw this with Mahomes getting the football to march them down to to uh, send this thing into overtime, was there any doubt in your mind that they were going to uh, not have success? There was a little bit because it didn't start particularly well, right? So yeah. you know, they, yeah. So that was at that point for sure. And yeah, you know, there was a fourth down involved. And the uh, the whole deal. So what a great yeah, there fourth was down call that was, though. No, absolutely, positively, without question. 
you know, and that was a call that he had options. Uh, and uh, he obviously, uh, I don't know if the uh, second option would have, well, actually, I guess would have been his first option, but he just took, took off and obviously that worked out well. But uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, pretty astounding. It was, was pretty much uh, really the last you know, two possessions of the game for them. It really kind of starts with the, uh, the, the the third down, you know, basically that was Chris Jones that got to it pressured uh, Purdy and the, uh, the the play that led to the field goal that led to the uh, the only points of the overtime for San Francisco. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So overtime, 49ers moving the ball there. Kyle is huge check with a heck of a grab. Uh, but then, as you mentioned there, that third and four and the pressure, you know, Chris Jones has been so good at that. And it has stood out multiple different times. These playoffs where he's the guy that finds a way to get the pressure uh, that disrupts it. You know, you go back to the AFC championship game. He was the guy, the pressure Lamar can't connect in the end zone, throws the interception. He's the guy in this moment the pressure uh birdie just has to launch it up unable to connect he he was i think probably worth every penny if we think about going back to uh he was holding out to start the season yeah and uh, now they gotta make a decision of who they keep uh you know likely him or mcduffie uh you know they're they're free, uh, free i'm sorry sneed and uh and and jones are both free agents uh, seems unlikely they're going to be able to keep both of them uh, so we'll see what happens. But he had six. Uh, Jones had six pressures last night. We think, at least according to ESPN. If you look at the official stats, it's like not six pressures. This is what drives me crazy sometimes. Is all some of these stats uh, that are just not uh, even tackles or you know from time to time they don't jive with uh, you know the actual you know stats that people you know the teams keep them. And then, you know, the NFL gives you a different number, and that, like I said, drives me crazy. But I'm going with the ESPN stat from last night that he has six pressures in that game. And that was obviously the biggest one, and that's another thing we talked about last Friday is the right tackle situation. You know, McKivitz uh, had a couple of not-so-good moments, and that was a big one right there when he was uh, basically – Got, he whiffed on that, and uh, you know Jones got uh, got in, in Purdy's face, or likely that would have been a touchdown. A couple of things here, just to to point out the stats and sometimes how equal this game kind of was in a sense. Uh, this is the part that was not equal: third downs. 49ers were just 3 of 12 on third down, where the Chiefs were 9 of 19 on third down. Each team went for it one time and converted on fourth down. Each team had 13 drives in the game. Yards per play, the 49ers averaged 5.4, the Chiefs 5.8. Yards per pass, the 49ers 6.8, Chiefs 6.6. Yards per rush, 49ers 3.5. That's where I think the Chiefs really excelled there. The Chiefs 4.3, a lot of that coming from Patrick Mahomes. Penalties, 49ers 6 of 40, Chiefs uh, 6 of, of 55 for 55 yards. Time of possession, 49ers 38-31, Chiefs 36-26. And this one, identical. Both teams punted the ball five times. Both teams, punters, had 254 yards of total punts. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the first half again here with just some of the numbers at halftime. Yeah, then I think this further proves that San Francisco should have had a bigger lead. They had they had a 12-7 advantage in first downs at halftime. 
The first, the third down thing was not good in the first half either, though. They were one for four on third down, and that, uh, you know, that I think that is another reason why they weren't able to score points, obviously. But the possession time in the first half, they had the ball for 17 minutes and seven seconds in the first half and still only had the two scores. Uh, you know, on the other side of the break, there's plenty more to get into uh, discussing the impact of Drake Greenlaw and the Achilles injury with him going out yeah. in the second quarter. Uh, a couple of other things that really caught my attention, question marks to take away from. But it's your turn. 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to join the program. We'll take your calls now and get to you on the other side of the break. It is the extra point dissecting Super Bowl 58 with the Chiefs coming out on top. Winners of three of the last five Super Bowls as well. Patrick Mahomes, another MVP to his resume. 602-260-1060 is the number. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break right here on KDUS AM 1060. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Eleven thirty-nine, right here on KDUS AM ten sixty. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro here with you up until one o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Continuing some Super Bowl conversation. I'll also definitely make time for the WM Phoenix Open conversation. We'll probably do that to wrap up our number one. We'll also get into the Phoenix Suns, ASU, and U of A as well. Uh, but one of the things that we had spent a lot of time talking about on Friday in the Friday spread was the linebackers for the 49ers and talking yeah. about how uh, great they were at really limiting possessions and things and, uh, you know, tons of yards over the middle of the field and that it really had seemed as though Dre Greenlaw had taken on more of the responsibility of covering tight ends. And then he goes out in the second quarter uh, with a torn Achilles and just brutal. Uh, you know, watch him getting excited to get onto the field and then not quite ready to go, then goes and his Achilles uh, pops right then and there. It is, I guess, important to mention, though, that he did sit out week 18 with Achilles tendinitis. Uh, so I don't know if that played a factor into what happened in this particular situation. But from your perspective, uh, how much of a loss was that for the 40, 49ers defense? It was a big loss and it definitely showed up in the second half. Uh, you know, Kelsey had one catch for one yard in the first half. Uh, you know, so a lot of people either didn't realize that at the time or forgot it after all. I can understand why you forget about a lot of things in the first half after the uh, exciting, uh, you know, last quarter and a half and, you know, the overtime, etc. cetera. Uh, but that was a big deal. It definitely was. Warner uh, had to you know, basically cover you know, Kelsey more often. And there was, you know, obviously in the last, you know, in the overtime possession, you know, he got exploited in that area one time. I actually thought Warner had a tremendous game until, you know, that's, you know, him chasing Kelsey in the overtime. 
uh, unsuccessfully, I guess, is going to be kind of a, if you look at the highlight package and whether it's to later today or whether it's five years from now or whatever, you're going to see him chasing the dude. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going to remember Warner in this game for that. But I thought he made a lot of impact plays long before that play. Now, I want to get into the, continuing with the defense aside for the 49ers here. Uh, you know, the conversation in the narrative all postseason long was how they had been giving up a lot of yards on the ground. Um, they were able to limit the run. It was tough sledding there for the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco didn't hit his overs. Uh, the ground game came from Patrick Mahomes in certain circumstances. I will give credit, though, to the Chiefs that they didn't abandon the run. They kept they kept with it. But did the game plan for the 49ers on the defensive side of things impress you? Well, we talked – I think we nailed this on Friday. Uh, we, You know, a lot of those runs that the 49ers had given up to the uh, Packers and the Lions – we're on the edges, and that's something that the Chiefs aren't really good at, and definitely Pacheco's not good at. He's much better between the tackles and the angry runner you know, <laughs> moniker that he has and so forth. That's not on the outside. I think that that kind of played – I think that, that that's another thing I think we really nailed on Friday. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs here, again, it was just one timely pressure after another here. Um, you know, but they were also to keep, they were able to keep Christian McCaffrey in check as well. One of the things with Christian you always have to look out for is his explosive play ability. I believe the longest rushing rushing play he had was 11 yards. So that too uh, was impressive because we had also identified on Friday that one of the things the, the 49ers were really good at is zone runs and one of the things that the Chiefs were like 31st in the league at was uh, zone run defense so limiting you know Christian McCaffrey in the ground game uh, I think really stood out to me as well absolutely yeah he did have a 24 yard completion in the mm -hmm. overtime uh, reception so yeah that was his biggest play of the day but uh, yeah, once again, I uh, would imagine that there were a whole lot of uh, you know tickets that weren't cashed yesterday when they had runners or running game over, except for Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to your point, so Christian McCaffrey, his numbers, 22 carries, 80 yards, eight catches for 80 yards and one touchdown. So that was, in fact, 160 scrimmage yards. But it did amount to just 3.6 average average carry on the ground so when you're kind of thinking about all the different ways that the 49ers can hit you and we had maybe thought that Christian McCaffrey would be involved a lot at least limiting one of the ways he can hit you uh, was important for the Chiefs yeah and I assume if you gave those numbers and told Spagnola before the game that the, you're going to hold McCaffrey to this he'd be pretty happy and figured they won on the offensive side of the ball here, uh, what did you make of of Brock Purdy? I mean, we know that it seemed to me that he did enough to win, but he wasn't necessarily the game changer against some of those timely pressures that happened. Yeah, I don't think he had much of a chance in a couple of those. Obviously, uh, the one we talked about our, just a few minutes ago about Chris Jones I mean that that was he had nobody you know there was a complete whiff by you know the you know the right side of the offensive line which was another thing we talked about last Friday that would be a big key to the game, and they lined him up they lined up Jones across from McKivitz and they took advantage of that. I actually thought Purdy was good. Um, 
you know, his last two possessions, he did give them the lead, as it turned out. Uh, he didn't score touchdowns, but he gave them the lead. And uh, so I'm not exactly sure what else he could have really done. He missed a couple of throws down the middle of the field in the first half. Once again, I'll back to the first half thing. You know, they missed the Ayuk, but that was another play where Chris Jones was right in his face. Um, he had to get rid of the ball earlier, I assume, than he wanted to, and that threw the timing of that playoff. But uh, hopefully, but I'm sure it, we're not going to ever get over this. Every game that he has in his entire career, he's going to be a game manager. But I really don't know what else, uh, quite frankly, other than that, that you know, a couple of throws uh, out of you know 38 attempts. Uh, that he could have done differently. I mean, the dude threw for 255 yards. What did you make then of Kyle Shanahan's play calling? I thought it was really strange in the second half. Um, but, you know, he was aggressive. Like I mentioned, he was consistently aggressive the whole game. You know, you mentioned those first four possessions between the two teams in the second half were no first downs. And uh, that's the time where I would have been a little – I would have preferred he go to McCaffrey more. I, you know, at the time I, you know, taking my notes here. I, that's fact. Here's my notes. They should have gone to McCaffrey more. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was the biggest criticism I had for Shanahan. Uh, maybe until the overtime, which I'll save my answer until. I think people probably know my answer. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll save that for the next hour during the. Uh, during the poll question answers. Uh, you know, I do want to highlight this on the offensive side of the th- of the ball for the 49ers here. So we touched on McCaffrey there. Brock Purdy, 23 of 38, 255 yards, one touchdown, one sack. He had three carries for 12 yards. Then it was Brandon Ayuk, three catches for 49 yards. And maybe a surprise here, Juwan Jennings, four catches, 42 yards, a touchdown. He also had that touchdown throw. Debo Samuel, three catches, 33 yards. Debo did kind of go in and out of, of the lineup there. Uh, not entirely sure what happened, but maybe. Well, uh, he talked. Well, I don't know if he talked or the 49ers. Somebody talked, and I didn't. One thing i pretty disgusted about is that, you know, I don't have time to watch everything in less than 12 hours here before the uh, sports zone starts. But, you know, the NFL Network does a really horrible job now as far as postgame coverage. They have, you know, they're trying to, I guess, you know, basically compete with Chris Berman in the after off, off the uh, after the game on field interviews at their podiums or whatever, and they don't have press conferences. But I read uh, somewhere this morning, and I'm not sure Debo said this or the Niners said it, that he was in and out. I know this; he wasn't in there all the time after he suffered the hamstring injury. Um, so there's that. Also, there's no doubt that. Uh, Another thing we talked about is, you know, what, how they're going to try to play. They're going to play man or zone, and uh, they changed that up in the second half. But what they really did is it was pretty much McDuffie uh, on Debo, and uh, you know, he, I believe it was eleven targets and three catches, if I'm not mistaken, as far as Debo goes. Oh, correct. Uh, so, yeah. So that's what that's how they address that, and. Uh, yeah, basically it was uh, the Sneed was you know more of a you know not necessarily a rover, but uh, yeah he was you know he was basically on Ayuk most of the time. He got beat for a touchdown, in fact. Now the last uh, by, Jen- by by Jennings. And, yeah, uh, I will say one thing. I'm glad you know Jennings was uh, 
I want, one thing I did win yesterday was my fantasy football pool for the playoffs because I had Jennings. I threw a touchdown and caught one. Wow. Look at you go. Uh, the one other thing, though, that maybe was a bit surprising because we had talked a lot about George Kittle, and I remember asking Kyle Soppy in our NFL prop segment that I felt like George Kittle was going to have a big game and be utilized a lot, but it was just hard to pinpoint, is he going to be utilized in pass pro or is he going to be utilized uh, you know, over the middle in, in catching opportunities? And it was just two catches for four yards for him. Two catches, though, for four yards. I don't know that I had that in mind. So how surprising was that for you? Very, and apparently he injured his shoulder in the first half of this game. Yeah, he yeah, did he leave there left, for a bit. Yeah, well, he left in the second half for a while, but he was injured apparently early in the first half blocking. Uh, we, he's such a good blocker that uh, you know maybe that played a role here. He did catch a pass for was like 20-something yards. It was nullified by a Trent Williams penalty, holding penalty. Yes, uh, yeah, so that factors in there a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he didn't get involved that much, no doubt. And uh, whether it was because of the shoulder or because of the uh, Chiefs defense, I'm guessing it was probably a little bit of both. That clearly is uh, – I'm sure Shanahan is going to be thinking about these things, hopefully for him, not forever, uh, but certainly for a while. And uh, I would imagine he's going to be thinking about a lot of things that he's now had in three Super Bowls until – Hopefully for him, he wins a Super Bowl. You know, you mentioned Trent Williams there, and we talk about how amazing he is at the left tackle position. A couple of penalties there on him. Um, Overall, how would you assess his play? Well, the one penalty he got called for holding is when Purdy had to scramble because, once again, the right side of the offensive line didn't do their job. And almost all holding penalties you know, when quarterbacks scramble on offensive linemen are not the offensive lineman's fault. And that was clearly the case on the, the, the second holding penalty for Williams. But uh, he did have his best game. And, uh, you know, he, once again, unfortunately for him, doesn't win a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I don't have as much effect. I, I I have more affection for Williams. Nothing again. I guess there is something here against Shanahan. I'm getting a little tired of him screwing up when it matters the most, quite frankly. But, you know, Williams, everything he went through health-wise and the fact that he, he, the man deserves a Super Bowl. And he's still playing at a very high level at this age of his career. And he's coming back next year. And I'm guessing that last year, Excuse me, next year might be his last year, but I probably said that last year at this time, too. Uh, There's many more things that I want to get into with you on uh, this Super Bowl. So we'll uh, put a pin in it, though. Touch on the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Get back to the Super Bowl in hour number two. It is the Extra Point. Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Wrapping up 
up hour number one of the Extra Point right here on this Monday, February 12th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. We'll get back into the Super Bowl um, to get things started in hour number two. I just want to make sure that I have some time for the WM Phoenix Open. Golf was played on Saturday and Sunday, and they needed extra holes to crown a winner, but it got in on time. Ahead of the leaderboard here, we had a pretty special day and a pretty special week with with Nick Taylor going out in his round number one, shooting 60 and setting the stage for himself to be right in position to win another golf tournament. For us, we were really rooting for him because we were on the 200 to one with him. So it was a wild, wild ride on Sunday watching him play golf because he struggled mightily to start his round number four. Four. He couldn't hit a fairway, and his short game was keeping him in it. Then you had Charlie Hoffman, sponsored by Waste Management, actually, just firing away at flags and playing some great golf. He took a three-shot lead after an eagle on 13. You also had Scotty Scheffler making a charge, but... Things popped up again for Scotty with the flat stick, and he ultimately ended up finishing tied for third. I'm sure he's getting a little frustrated with just how good of a ball striker he is. I think he may be putting himself in a category that is far and away more elite than anyone else ball striking, but the flat stick at key opportune moments letting him down. Uh, but Nick Taylor finding a way to gut it out, finishing birdie, birdie, par, birdie to force a playoff. Then the both guys uh, between Hoffman and Taylor birdied 18 in the first playoff hole. They had to go to another playoff hole, and Nick Taylor birdied that one to claim the WM Phoenix Open title. Uh, so it was a good day uh, of golf watching and on, on the edge of our seat with it. But obviously a lot of attention is what happened on Saturday and maybe what took place throughout the week at the WM Phoenix Open with things getting out of hand on Saturday. In fact, the tournament closed entry to the gates for a while. They stopped selling alcohol for a while. And uh, you also had players exchanging with fans, uh, comments being made, players getting very upset, certainly video going viral on uh, Sunday morning of those exchanges. And I think... You know, I would have to think that uh, ahead of next year, there are going to be some questions about how the tournament tournament is run and what the expectations are for for fans because obviously they've sold this as it's a party like atmosphere you have all of these boxes you promote it with on 17 now they have a dj there's there's lots of things that say we want this type of atmosphere but it certainly crossed a line on on saturday with uh things getting getting out of control and so now how are they going to make those changes for next year because the other thing is is that if too many players voice their opinion to the pga tour about the nature of this event uh will it lose its signature status it wasn't a signature event this year but it's in rotation to continue to be one so uh will players you know want some changes and some things being met there is this player movement for empowerment with the tour so i'm very curious to see how this is all going to play out but certainly i think uh everything was always on an edge and it definitely went over the edge on saturday more for extra point is next